You're listening to From Passion to Profit, a show about female entrepreneurs who have built their businesses from the ground up and turned their passion into profit. These episodes share their most inner working thoughts, their journey, triumphs, and challenges. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, this podcast is for you. Hey listeners, welcome to From Passion to Profit podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Ashley, and if you are not new here, then you would know that this episode is a very different style of episode than I usually do. Usually I'm talking to a guest, and usually it has a lot of storytelling and narrative, and we are really diving deep into their story as a founder, their highs and their lows, and all of the things that encompasses their entrepreneurship journey. But in this episode, we're kicking off a brand new series called Deep Dive. I'm so excited for this new series because for the first time in the history of my podcast, we are doing solo episodes. And I say that like we've been doing so many episodes with so many guests, but what you don't know, even though it shows that we've only released six episodes with guests, what you don't know is we actually have interviewed and have covered over 20 amazing founder stories. And this year, my goal was to release every single one of those episodes. But just like life, just like business, you have to reprioritize and you have to choose what you really need to focus on. And one of the things that I really care about is making sure that anything I release is at the utmost quality possible and something that I can actually be proud of. And I knew that if I just release these episodes week by week and didn't put the time, energy, and intention into these episodes, I was not going to be happy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and choose an episode and listen We don't do the typical interview style with founders. There's a lot of narration, a lot of storytelling that's involved because I want it to be as entertaining as possible. I also want it to be a way that listeners can reflect and can listen to what the interview and what the founders are talking about in their story and realize oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm going through and this is how they're processing it or how they're responding to it. So here's a perspective that I can take into my own life. That's the whole goal of From Passion to Profit. It's not just showing other people out there how they can turn their passion into profit and inspiring them in that way, but also really intentionally showing them that with every high, there's going to be a low. And with every low, there's going to be a high. And here's what other people in similar scenarios did to go through those highs and lows, those ebbs and flows of business. Now, naturally, the main goal of the episodes is to highlight the founders' stories. And so there's not much back and forth or revealing of my own story as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And I have been getting so many messages and DMs from listeners asking for solo episodes. And I really wanted to wait until we reached at least 10 episodes because like I said, we have a total of 20, over 20 founders stories that's sitting and ready to go. 
which that's going to be a fun announcement I'll share towards the end of what we're doing with the following episodes that have not been released yet. A lot of people have been saying, hey, we want to hear from you and we want to hear your story. And I wanted to wait at least until we had like a a fun number, right? Like a milestone of a number, like 10 episodes or 20 episodes or whatever it is. But the timing just worked out and it is literally the last week of January. Right now, as I'm recording, it's December 27, 2023. And I thought this is going to be the time we're going to do a solo episode and we can kick off the official series called Deep Dive, where I'm basically pulling back the curtains of my own business, my own journey. It's all solo content. And I'm showing you how I'm turning my passion into profit and how I'm navigating the highs, the lows, the ebbs, and the flows of business. So if you like what you hear so far, go ahead, leave a review, send me a DM on Instagram, let me know that you are resonating with these solo episodes and we will continue to incorporate these in our regular schedule. So with this episode, as you can tell by the title, we're calling it 2023 Agency Owner Wrapped, or maybe it's 2023 Wrapped Agency Owner Edition. I think that sounds cooler. It's like the Spotify Wrapped, right? I listened to Spotify so much this year, and it's funny when we were compared um, Spotify Wraps with my friends, I have several different friend groups, I had the highest listening um, like timeline than anyone else, which I don't know if I should be concerned or if I should brag because I just, I genuinely have Spotify on all the time. But this year, more than before and more than the previous years, I've been seeing a lot of different 2023 wrapped editions on TikTok and Instagram and even people sharing it on their newsletters. And so I wanted to do one for our very first deep dive solo episode. And I want to cover our celebrations and lessons that my agency and my brand and who I am as an entrepreneur experienced throughout 2023. And I really want to emphasize that we're calling it celebrations and lessons versus highs and lows because a mindset shift that I'm starting to train myself and to be better at is understanding that Lows are only lows when I put that meeting by myself. If I'm defining a certain situation as a low, that is my own opinion and it's subjective. Whereas if I'm saying that this situation is a lesson, I have a better approach to it and a better mindset to it because I'm understanding that it's something that's important for me to have gone through. I learned something from it and I can take it with me into the future, and it's only going to make me a better entrepreneur. Now, that's not to discount. Of course, highs and lows are going to happen in business, and it's going to happen regardless of what stage you are in your journey. I have so many mentors and so many amazing agency owners that I know that are in their multi-million dollar stage, and to this day, They still say it's such a volatile journey. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows and you just get better at handling it. And so I want to emphasize that we're approaching this episode and the different call outs that I'll have as celebrations and lessons. We have four lessons total. I did an outline and with each lesson, I have 
several celebrations or mini celebrations that go along with it. So I'm so excited to share that with you. And the other thing that I also am excited to share with the deep dive series in general is that not many people at this stage will show their behind the scenes. There's not many creators, agency owners, business owners out there that actually show what is going on when they're pulling the curtains, what is going on with their team, their offers, their own mindset as a CEO, as a leader. Not many people at this stage are transparent and there's not many women of color either that are sharing kind of the behind the scenes of their journey and that means a lot to me. That's something that I really want to do better with in the future and not wait until I'm at the Hormozy's level or Stephen Bartlett's level to show you the behind the scenes, which by the way, I love, I love those creators so much. And I love when they do share their vlogs and their behind the scenes because it is so inspiring and so empowering and uplifting. And that's my goal with this, with this series. All right, that's enough of the introduction. Let's get on with the rest of the episode, starting with lesson number one. So lesson number one is this. The number one question in your business needs to always be, what does your business need, not what does Chelsea need? So I'll say that again. The number one question in your business should always be, what does your business need, not what you as a CEO, as a founder needs? Those are two very different things. It took me a really long time to understand that. And then more importantly, it took me a really long time to differentiate what that looks like and act on it and implement it. So thinking about your own journey, right? You have this business, you're making these decisions. Let's say one of the decisions is to increase your prices. You have to increase your rates for whatever reason, whether you've, you're already charging very little, whether it's for inflation, whether your services and your software and your overhead is increasing, so you have to make sure that you're able to maintain that and maintain the quality. Whatever it is, you're increasing your rates. And the, the people-pleasing tendency of you as a CEO, you feel really bad about increasing your rates. You don't wanna have those conversations with your clients. So you end up choosing comfort, whereas your business, as a business, increasing rates is just part of the norm. It's part of society. Increasing rates is necessary to have a healthy and profitable business. And so when you're thinking about what your business needs, if you take your emotions out of it and who you are as a CEO out of it, or who you are as a business owner, out of that equation, it's going to be a no-brainer. Everyone's going to say and everyone's going to choose increase your rates. But as a business owner, when you're attached to your business and you make things mean a certain way, for example, increasing your rates could mean that your clients could leave, right? That will hinder you from making those choices and making those decisions. And so as a result, you're prioritizing what you need not what your business needs. And so for me, this lesson manifested in so many ways throughout the year. And you'll see in the three lessons that follow how this came up specifically. Top of mind, 
the things that come up for me was Chelsea, me as a person, as a business owner, as a leader, I needed to feel comfortable. I needed to feel in control of every outcome. I needed to keep profit margins high because for the better part of my entrepreneurial journey, profit margins were extremely low. Chelsea needed mentors and a support system. Chelsea needed to not feel anxious and not to spiral. Chelsea needed all of these things. Now as the business, the business needed to grow. The business needed experienced team members. The business needed a CEO that had boundaries, that was able to prioritize the health and the growth of the business. The business needed a plan and the business needed consistency. The business needed their CEO to be emotionally regulated at all times. That's what the business needs. And too often, we combine the two. We make our business mean who we are. And we make our identity mean the success or lack thereof of our business. And this led to so many mistakes and so many lessons for 2023. And I'm actually excited about it because now I can look forward and say, I've learned all these things. I can differentiate between what my business needs and what the goals of the business are versus what I need as a human being or a business owner or as a leader and make decisions accordingly. Whereas before I was very much gung-ho on making sure that I felt comfortable thinking that if I felt comfortable, my business is going to naturally succeed, but that is not the case. In fact, the higher you, you go, the more money you make, the higher revenue you're able to secure and the sales that you generate, the more you attune to your own desires as a business owner and as a CEO, and the less that you choose to put your business's desires and needs above your own, the more detrimental that actually is. And that was such a roundabout way of saying 1000% your goal, if your goal is to grow your business, turn into this multi-million dollar, billion dollar enterprise, you want to sell it, you want to become the most sought out thought leader, whatever it is, and that's your business, you have to separate that from who you are and make decisions for your business and for the growth of that company versus what is good for you in that moment. And this really showed up for me with my boundaries, my boundaries for my clients, my boundaries for my team, and my boundaries for myself. A lot of the times I ended up choosing other people because of my people-pleasing tendencies. I'm a first-gen, oldest daughter, immigrant. I have the mentality of wanting to please everyone and anyone and being able to do everything and provide and support and not wanting to make it hard for anyone that crosses paths with me. But that is extremely detrimental for the health of my business. A lot of the times, what I would find myself doing is kicking the tires on hard decisions, on hard actions with my team specifically and with clients. If they overstepped, I found myself scope creeping and allowing them to do certain things. With my team, if I caught mistakes over and over again, I would make excuses for them in my mind and I would address it with them, 
but there wouldn't be any repercussions. This was a good chunk of January through May or January through June in 2023. And boy, did I feel it. Summer of 2023, I felt it. And it was like a whole renaissance, <laughs> for lack of better wording. I had a whole intervention with myself and realized, oh my goodness, I need to choose the business. I need to choose the business and I need to choose what is best for the business if I genuinely want this to grow and want to turn this into something that I'm excited about and I'm proud of and passionate of and is going to create the impact that I actually dream for it. And it's crazy how that genuinely does boil down to boundaries. So I'll talk more about how those boundaries manifest specifically and within this lesson in following lessons to come. But celebrations that I really want to acknowledge based on this lesson that we just talked about is making the conscious shift from entrepreneur to CEO. It takes a lot of mental, emotional, and physical energy, and it takes a lot of emotional regulation as well as a business owner. So when you make the conscious shift from entrepreneur to CEO, it takes a lot of work, but boy, when that happens, that's truly when you see growth. That's truly when you see growth in your business, financially, physically, energetically, I'm not a woo-woo type of person, but truly that's when you see growth in your business, but also in you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO of your company, you make that conscious shift and you're able to grow in a way that you didn't think was possible. And it sounds so cliche. I know, I know it sounds really ridiculous, but it's this mental shift that you make in your mind where you're like, oh, my business is worth so much. My business is creating so much impact. It's generating a lot of traction for my life, but also for my clients' lives. So who am I to make decisions based off my feelings and based off of my discomfort or desire for comfort versus what is best for the business and therefore what is best for everyone that's involved and that's impacted by the business now and in the future. In that shift that you make, you show up differently. So like I mentioned, throughout this lesson, you'll begin to see how this lesson truly transpired and manifested for me and throughout 2023. So lesson number two, take hiring seriously. Ooh, juicy. <laughs> in my mind, it was gonna be juicy because there's a lot of things that happened this year that I'm not sure if this is the time and place to share necessarily, but for the sake of transparency, I did not take hiring seriously. I thought I did. I thought I had very high standards and very high expectations. And although I did, it just didn't manifest and it wasn't clearly implemented in any of the things that we were doing within our business with our team, right? So I had high expectations, but I wasn't hiring to meet those expectations. I was hiring based on what I assumed was the potential of these people. And don't get me wrong, every single person I hired, they are such beautiful souls. They're passionate and they're excited and they have so much potential. 
But at the end of the day, it was not a good fit for my business and for my agency and what we require and what we expect in terms of quality, in terms of quantity, in terms of output for our clients. So let's actually talk about the mistakes from these lessons. So specifically mistakes of hiring. One mistake that I made was not creating a formal job description before hiring. I've done this before. I've, I've created a formal job description before. And I would create a casual one for people that I either knew because they were a friend of a friend or they were someone I knew before because we worked together. Whatever it was, I ended up kind of forgoing the process and the formal job description process when I was hiring for select individuals because I thought, oh, I know about them. I know their capabilities to a certain extent. I know that they're trainable, so I can do X, Y, and Z, and I can just forgo the whole official process. No, 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 no. I never recommend doing that. <laughs> and it was like pulling teeth for myself. My leadership mentor pushed me really hard on this for the most recent hire that we um, did and we went through is following a strict process that's only going to validate my hire and my decision, but also that's going to truly support the business three months from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, versus looking at what's happening currently and what do I need currently and what am I willing to negotiate and bend in terms of my capability with training them and my capacity with training them. And so this time around, I really was intentional with the whole hiring process. So there are multiple steps to it. So step one, you filled out this application form and this application form had certain questions, had qualifiers, had um, open-ended questions, and it was really intended for me to understand, is this actually a great fit and can I move you to the next step? And then the next step was a video super short video, I just asked to answer three questions, three core questions that helps me kind of see where is your understanding of marketing and what your personality is like. Are we going to be a good fit? And then the step after that was a paid test project. And that was really to test, do they actually know all the things that they said that they know? And are they going to catch certain things like mistakes? Are they going to ask questions and um, ask for clarifications? Are they going to submit things on time? Are they going to submit it in a way that I asked them to? All of these things were important. And then the final step was the interview process where it was like a face-to-face, -face, um, Zoom, Google Meets, whatever it is, interview. And that was the last step. It sounds intense and trust me, it's not, <laughs> but it felt like it was. And so I was procrastinating on it for the longest time. And because I was procrastinating on it, I would then either give jobs to people that I knew needed it and I knew that I can train them on it. So I'm able to, you know, stay and remain profitable, but I'm also giving back in a way because I thought, oh, they were wanting to get their foot in the door. 
they need help, they need support. So I'm gonna take them in and I'm just gonna keep my fingers crossed and hope that it all works out and we all grow up together. And that is a very unrealistic expectation that I had at that time. Actually, in general, <laughs> in general, never expect that. And that leads to my next mistake, which was I created a role for someone versus finding someone for a role. So instead of realizing, okay, these are the things that I need in my business and it needs to be met, I'm going to put in a job posting and the proper people are going to apply and they're going to go through the motions. What would end up happening is I'd have messages from friends or people I knew that would say, hey, my friend or my cousin or whoever is needing a job and these are their skill sets. Do you have any openings for them? And my people pleaser tendency was immediately, oh my goodness, sure, I'd love to help them. And that was a huge mistake. <laughs> you're probably listening and you're like, oh my goodness, Chelsea, I cannot believe that at the stage that you were at in your business, this happened. I don't think you understand how easy it is for me to just people please and how easy it is for me to see someone's excitement and someone's passion and want to lend a hand and support them in honing in their passion, honing in their craft and honing in their skill. But Again, this goes back to I was doing what I needed as a person, as a founder, as a business owner versus what my business needed. And so what I wanted and what I needed was people to mentor and people to guide and people to help hone in their skills. But my business needed experienced people skillful people that knew what they were doing that didn't need time to be trained and that could just hit the ground running and that's usually the style of agencies agencies especially if they're a small boutique agency but they provide high caliber services they need to have people on their team who can just hit the ground running otherwise either the client deliverables are going to fall in terms of quality or the mental health <laughs> of the people within the team are going to drop. And that's what happened to me. I kicked my own tires in making these decisions and making these mistakes. And so I actually felt the loss mentally and emotionally and had to deal with that myself this year. And that also leads to my third mistake, which is looking to train versus looking for experienced people. What I underestimated is how much I value my time. I thought that I could exchange my time to train people who had the skill sets, had the ability, they had the passion and the excitement and they were willing to put in the work. But that's not doable when you're also trying to hit these audacious and big goals and also maintaining the quality of work for your clients. And so if I had to do it all over again, I would tell myself, it's okay for you to look for people who are experienced and who know what they're doing. You may need to train them on your systems and your processes and how you do certain things, but it's 100% okay to spend a little bit more to get those experienced people because it's all going to come full circle. And I think that's one of the things that was really hard for me this year was understanding or accepting that 
if I invest in my team and look for people who can support my team and support my goals and support my clients, that's only going to give me more space and more time and more energy to then continue to grow my agency and grow my business versus I ended up being way into the weeds. I was super into the weeds. I was super into the day-to-day projects and at a point, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I need to zoom out and be able to see where is my business headed? Where are my clients' businesses headed? And I need to be in that higher level strategic role versus in the day-to-day reviewing copy, reviewing grammar, reviewing branding, all those things. And so that's a huge lesson that I'm taking with me, not in just not just in 2024, but in the future is to really hire for the business and take it seriously. Because as a result, when I had to have those hard conversations and let people go, I kicked the tires because I'm a huge people pleaser. And so there would be months that went by where I just lost money because I would give them projects that wasn't necessarily moving the needle in my business and wasn't necessarily front facing with my clients because it was at that point, it was a lot easier to just not have that conversation, give them work that is going to help my business, but not something that's urgent and not something that's necessary right away. And so I lost a lot of time. I lost a lot of money. Prior to that, we caught so many mistakes for client deliverables, which meant a lot of time lost a lot of hard conversations that we'd have to have with clients. And so overall, profitability and efficiency just tanked. It just tanked throughout myself and the team members that were picking up the slack. It was such a hard lesson to go through, but I'm so grateful because I feel like if I didn't go through it, there's a 99% chance I would have just repeated it all over again. Which leads me to the celebration. I learned how to hire well. I figured out a process that really validates my need, the role, and the business's need. And it helps me understand the hire and understand the results that I'm hoping the new hire is able to get. And they have that expectation from the very beginning as well. And another celebration that I also want to share, and I can go more into depth this in another deep dive but i take care of my team i genuinely take care of my team whether or not i feel like we're we're a great fit whether or not i feel like there's no longer synergy i take care of my team i value their growth and i value their development and after a certain amount of time it's clear that i valued it to my detriment but i value their growth and their development regardless And I take every effort to make sure that every single person on my team genuinely loves what they're doing, genuinely loves to learn, and is passionate about what they're doing. Of course, there's going to be things that they're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is tedious. This is something that I want to procrastinate on, of course. Like, we live in a realistic society, realistic world, right? That's going to happen. But I want them to understand and acknowledge that even those things are important. Even the boring stuff is important for my clients' growth and for our growth as a business. And so 
those are things that I really want to celebrate is that we're at this point where I have such an intimate team and I want them to know that they're truly valued and truly taken care of because it's important to me that they wake up every day excited about the things that they're doing. All right, we're moving right along to lesson number three. Consistency breeds results, especially when it comes to marketing. So this was a very tricky lesson for me, especially as a marketer, because as an agency owner, we generate majority of our leads through referrals. So what happens when you've tapped out your referrals? What happens when you've tapped out your best referral leads? You hear crickets. If you're not actively marketing, you're not actively and consistently showing up and getting in front of your ideal leads, what happens when you no longer have interest or wait list of people coming in? And this was what happened to me mid-summer or early summer, I should say, the start of early summer, all the way through the end of summer and beginning of fall. I always chose my client's goals and my client's results and my client's deliverables over my own. But again, if we're thinking about what does the business need, the business needs a consistent content marketing machine that's able to generate leads on autopilot. And that's such a buzzword, right? Generating leads on autopilot. What does that actually mean? When it comes to done-for-you service providers or done-for-you businesses like mine, you're an agency owner, you have an agency, generating leads on autopilot is actually a lot easier than you think. And it didn't come to me until I was in the middle of it in the thick of it, of creating content every single day because I was like, enough is enough. We need to get in front of the people that are willing to invest in us, trust us, and let us lead their marketing. Giving you a little bit of context, I have the numbers pulled up right here. In May, we had four sales calls and we closed three out of the four. Really great, right? But then from May 25 to August 27, we had zero sales calls. Zero sales calls for three months. I'm just gonna let you sit with that. If you had zero sales calls for three months and you have a team, you have bills to pay, you have expenses on expenses on expenses, what is gonna happen? You're going to mentally spiral. You're going to mentally spiral. And so this was when, you know, going back to lesson two, I realize, okay, I can't kick the tires anymore. I have to just take this opportunity and let go and fire some people and automate certain things with AI, which is a whole nother deep dive that we can do. But for three months straight, we heard crickets. I was astonished. I knew something needed to change. And so about the beginning of September, beginning to mid-September, I'm in this awesome group chat with three other agency owners, three other amazing marketers. And we were like, oh my gosh, we need to not put ourselves last. We need to prioritize ourselves. We need to prioritize our marketing and we need to create content and release content on a regular basis. So how do we do that? So my friends and I did this 30-day content challenge. For 30 days straight, we created and released and posted content. 
I went a little above and beyond and I did it on two platforms. I did it on my agency account at Chea Media and on my personal brand account at Chelsea IE Ashley. But I went ham. Every single day we created content and on my stories on Chea Media, I want to say every other day, I did like a mini training. I showed up, I gave my thoughts and showed up as a thought leader. I wanted to be consistent and I wanted to treat it like an experiment. I just wanted to see what if, if I gave him my best shot on my own marketing and release my own content, what would happen? Once October hit, it was a snowball effect. So we have a couple of different businesses. I'm just going to focus on the agency retainer um, offer of our agency business. So when October hit, we had seven agency retainer sales calls, seven. And out of the seven, we closed six. We ran a couple of different promos for the retainer clients, not for the fractional CMO and done for you clients, where we basically booked them for January, but they would get complimentary Slack support, complimentary consulting, and they can go into Slack and ask their questions and we'll jump in and support and provide our answers and our thoughts as marketing consultants between November and December, but their done for you promo means that they don't actually start done for you until January. And so six out of the seven sales calls jumped on this trend, jumped on this promo, and it was amazing. But what I realized was out of these seven sales calls, these were predominantly sold through not only my sales call, but through Instagram stories. So I found them through a networking group. Half of them was through a networking group. The other half were just solely through Instagram. Crazy, right? Because we were posting every day and we showed up every day. Even the ones that we found or we found each other through the networking group, after we finished the sales calls, they would take a few days or a couple of weeks to decide. During that time, they watched my Instagram stories religiously. They watched it every single day they watched my content, they binged my content, they watched the tips, they read the carousels, and they invested so much time and energy into the content that we release and we created. And I know that this assisted the closing process. This only helped my sales more, right? When you create content and you release content that is reflective of your brand and your authority and your expertise, it's only going to help the sales process. It's not going to hinder the sales process. And I wish I realized that sooner rather than later. I always hid behind the excuse of, I need to focus on my client's content. I need to focus on my client's launches, on their website, on their emails, on all of their things. And so my stuff has to be in the back burner. But if you want your business to grow, you can't put it in the back burner. You have to prioritize your own content like you prioritize your client's content because otherwise you'll have months where you just hear crickets. This was a huge lesson for me that got me really excited about 2024 and our content strategy for 2024. Because y'all, if you think we were annoying and posting regularly then in October and half of November, then you just wait until 
2024 because we are upping our content game and elevating our content strategy and really being intentional with it because we know that it's only going to help the buyer's journey for our clients. The marketer in me really likes to look into the numbers of things, right? I'm an analyst. I love analyzing the data. And I know that the data tells me whether or not our leads are referred by someone that we've worked with in the past or someone that we know. Typically, the buyer's journey for them is about 3 to 12 months. They can sign as fast as 3 months or as long as 12 months, which means if I post for 12 months straight, where I show up online or send emails intentionally and strategically for 12 months straight, I'm helping my ideal client decide on whether or not they should work with me. It gives them a reason for them to listen and to watch and to read and to absorb my content so that when they're ready, they're able to discern who is the best service provider and the best agency for them. And because they've consumed my content for the past 12 months, they're going to choose me over and over and over again. One thing that I want to celebrate from this lesson is I had the best compliment from now a client, but at the time, a potential client. She had booked a call with me in 2021. Then she booked a call with me in 2022, twice. And then in 2023, she booked a call with me and she said, hey, I've been watching you for the past couple of years. Your agency still exists. You're still doing the same thing that you've said that you did a couple years ago. You're still here and you're here to stay. You've never fluctuated. You've never pivoted. You've never given up and just left your business. And that means a lot to me. When they said that to me, it meant the world. Knowing that me showing up and my consistency and my announcement, for lack of better wording, to the world that my agency still exists and here's how we're serving our clients meant a lot to her and it only gave her more of a reason to invest in us. And so I really want to celebrate that consistency is truly possible even as a marketer who consistently serves other people and other brands and other businesses. It's not only possible, but you can also streamline and systematize a crap ton of things. And while you do that, you can still produce high quality content and generate results for you and your clients. And then the other celebration that I want to say too is you can and should be consistent as a marketer. Hiding behind the I'm not posting or I'm not creating content, but at least my client's content and marketing is absolute fire is not okay. Not if you want to grow your business for the long term. So you have to keep the long term play in mind. Okay, y'all, we are on our fourth and last lesson of the 2023 Wrapped Agency Edition. So thank you so much for bearing with me. If you've liked what you've heard so far, go ahead, leave a review. Let me know on Instagram. It would mean the world to me that you've made it this far. So this lesson is a huge hot take, especially in the online industry. But if anything, this is probably the biggest and most profitable lesson I've learned all year, which is you don't need a business coach. You just need two things, discipline 
and knowing how to emotionally regulate yourself. If you have these two things, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a business coach. I wish I knew this when I first started in the industry. A lot of the culture in our industry often creates this hype or this need or this desire to invest in a business coach or a business mentor when really, especially if you've been doing it for a long time, you have everything you need to get to that next level. If you're trying to generate a million dollars in sales, you can do that without a business coach. You can do it no problem. But what you really need is the discipline to put in the time, energy, and effort to making sure that you're hitting those benchmarks to hit the million dollar sales goal. And you also need to emotionally regulate yourself so that when you spiral, you have mindset drama, you want to choose yourself over the business, you're able to understand, okay, this is just because I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. It's not fact. Or if it is fact, how can I counteract or how can I respond in a way that is best for myself in the future and for my business? When you have these two things, you're unstoppable. It sounds so cliche, but truly, you're unstoppable. And I want to mention this lesson because I know there's so many of you listening that's like, I can't spend another $1,000 or $2,000 on a business coach. I can't spend another couple thousand on a mastermind when I barely use the last one. You know, there's all of these what ifs about investing. And if you're anything like me, for a period of time, you've probably thought, oh my goodness, if I don't invest or if I don't have a coach, then I can't hit my goal. I can't get to that next step or next level that I want to get. But that is absolute false. That is complete bullshit that this online industry has fed you. And I want to tell you that as a marketer, you don't need a business coach. Now, of course, having a coach or a mentor is helpful. It's not the end-all be-all. So the analogy that I really like is when you have a recipe, right? Like you're cooking and you have this recipe for an entree. If you have a really good experienced coach or business mentor, having a recipe to an entree that you already know is only going to make the whole process easier, faster, and much smoother. You just follow the directions, you follow it step by step, and you're done. You already have the ingredients, you already know the steps, you just need accountability. And if you have discipline, that's how you stay accountable against and for yourself. If you don't have a good or experienced business coach or mentor, then it's like having the wrong recipe card. You have all the wrong ingredients and all the wrong recipe card. You try to DIY it, you can try to follow it, you can try to listen and make do with the ingredients that you have, but at the end of the day, it's not going to end well and you just end up with wasted resources you end up getting burned right maybe (laughs) physically emotionally i don't know (laughs) but i want to say that because when you have disciplined right when you know what you need to do you do the things to remain emotionally regulated you continue to choose your business over your own comfort and preferences and you're able to be consistent with your marketing strategy and your sales plan And at the end of the day, when you're disciplined, you remain strong in your business and you remain strong in the things that your business needs. So that lesson for me was very, very important 
because for the first time in a long time, I worked without a coach. I had leadership support and I had mentors in this program, but there was no way in no world where I was paying them thousands of dollars each month just to get their thoughts and just to get their advice. And when I was able to hit my sales goal and to sign all of those clients and generate all of those sales calls without a coach, it unlocked so much clarity within me. It unlocked so much trust in myself and in my capabilities as a business owner and as a founder. And so I want to celebrate the fact that that happened. I want to celebrate the idea that you can grow your business without having to invest in a business coach. Now, I definitely want to want to add a disclaimer that you should have support, whether it's your community, whether it's a therapist, whether it's your friends that are just cheering you on in the sidelines. Community is 100% important and community and connections are going to only further your growth and they're only going to skyrocket your results. It's only going to be like compound interest, right? The more community and support and connections that you have, the more rooms you'll get in. That's a no-brainer. And that's not what I'm saying in this lesson. What I'm trying to say is that if you don't have the means to invest or you want to remain profitable because you haven't been able to remain profitable or you just want to try what it looks like to set up your business on your own and to lead on your own, you're able to. You have the ability to do exactly that. All right, that wraps up all of the lessons from 2023. I'm sure there's more, but I just put them into this umbrella, into these core four lessons. And I know that this has been a jam-packed episode. So if you made it all the way through and you're still listening, send me a DM on Instagram at Chelsea E. Ashley and let me know what was your favorite lesson. If you disagreed with any of them, I also want to know. I want to have a conversation because I know me pulling back the curtains, me having a deep dive into my own business, and me having a conversation with you is only going to help both of us in our entrepreneurship journey. Thank you so much for hearing my 2023 wrapped episode, and I will see you in the next deep dive. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We could not have done it without the hard work and dedication of our amazing team. A special thanks to Andrew for audio design and post-production support, to Addy for graphics and marketing, and don't forget to leave a review and share this podcast on your social media. We appreciate your support and can't wait to bring you more great content in the future. I'm Chelsea, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.